It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Welcome to the second hour of Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host for this second hour. Uh, Nate Williams here. Greg Davis and Paul Brazier were in the studio for the first hour. If you missed it, uh, don't be too sad because you can still catch it on our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple and Spotify. And so now for the second hour, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about culture and how as Christians, uh, how do we handle certain developments as our culture heads in uh, various directions. And so one thing we're, we're going to talk about is Canada's MAID made program, Medical Assistance in Dying. And the reason why this is important is because it demonstrates something that the left, whether uh, generally politically, the, the political left will often accuse those who are more conservative of, of doing. And it's, oh, you always claim the slippery slope that if we allow A, then B is going to happen, then C is going to happen, and that so on and so forth. And, and, and what the political left will say is, oh, you're just fear-mongering. That's never going to happen. But time and time again, it is shown to be true. So, for instance, when it comes to homosexuality, it was always, oh, just live and let live. Don't police the bedroom. Just leave people alone and, and let them do their thing. Who cares? Why do you care? And so then... That happened. And now we're at the point where if you don't celebrate and affirm all these various lifestyles, you're going to be hated. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be, depending on where you live in the West, potentially, uh, you know, there are going to be some legal punishments. You might lose your job and all that. So the slippery slope was real when it came to homosexuality. The issue we'll talk about uh, for this segment, we're a little past uh, the six o'clock hour, uh, we're going to talk about the Canada's made program, medical assistance in dying. And remember, this is what it was, right? Compassion is the root of a lot of evil, misplaced compassion. When you want to be compassionate to people, you, you think it's a good thing. You want to take care of them. You want to take into account their life situations, their feelings. But compassion misplaced and misguided kills. Compassion kills. And this is one of those instances. The MADE program originally, someone correct me if I'm wrong, the MADE program originally was for those at the end of their life. Maybe they, they were facing a terminal illness. They were in unbearable pain. And, and you went through this program so that you could choose, uh, there are different terms for it, a noble death. You could choose to die with dignity, all those things. But then some people on the right were saying, hold on, insert slippery slope. It's going to get to where, no, it's not just those who are in unbearable pain. It's going to be those, those who have some level of pain. 
It's got to be those who just don't really like their life. It, eventually, it'll go down to children, where just children can kill themselves. Eventually, it's not just you choosing to kill yourself, but if the government or an insurance company wants to um, cause you to die, again, that's the end of the slippery slope. You just being killed through all these loopholes. And, and, and so that's the slippery slope that some of us were told, oh, it, it won't get to that point. It's just compassion. What about those in a lot of pain? Well, now this is a Christian Post article. Can Canada considers allowing assisted suicide for children without parental consent. So let's see. The Special Joint Committee on Medical Assistance in Dying presented its report last week for discussion in the House of Commons, recommending that minors should be eligible for doctor-assisted suicide. Minors, quote, deemed to have the requisite decision-making capacity upon assessment, end quote, should be eligible for the country's medical assistance in dying program made, the report states in a list of 23 recommendations. So do you see how far we fell? Compassion at first was cited, well, what about those who are in pain? Now it's getting to the point where kids can kill themselves, potentially without parental consent. Do y'all see the madness here? Think about the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds in your life. Their brains are not fully developed. They don't have a clue about life. They don't know. I, I didn't know what life was about at 15 or 16. That's wild. I can only imagine, let's say, if I was in a tough place or something, a couple bad things that happened to me. Let's say I was struggling with something and I wanted to kind of peace out. I, I didn't want to deal with it. I, I didn't want to. I just... What a terrible decision. No, there's so much to live for. You don't know what life has to offer yet at 15 or 16. And then from a Christian standpoint, God made you for a purpose. There's, uh, he made you to, to love him, to serve him, to enjoy life, to, to spread the gospel, be involved in church. He made you to live in community, to love him and love one another. Think about the two commandments, uh, love God and love each other. That's why we were put on earth, to glorify him. And at 15 or 16 year old, years old, if you're maybe going through a tough time, you're dealing with uh, suicidal thoughts, you're like, I'm out. And the government allows you to do that. The government assists you, medical assistance. The government comes alongside these, uh, what's the age? I think, is it 16? It's 16 now. I don't know why it would stay there. Uh, I believe it's 16. I could be wrong. But anyways, around that age, but and the government would assist you in dying. Does anyone else see the madness? Because again, we're almost at the bottom of the slippery slope. We are. And the next step eventually will be just for the government or insurance agencies to, to kill you because they don't deem your life worth living. So that's the next step. But, but oh, that won't happen, right? Because the slippery slope is false. It's fake. It's not real. Y'all, we live in a time, and again, I was talking with Greg Davis and Paul Brazier in the first hour, where we're just, there, there's a lot of darkness there. We talked about the Alabama basketball team, the involvement with uh, the shooting of Miss Harris, uh, who had a child, and... All, all, and we see the darkness there. We see 
families not as they should be. We see abortion running rampant. We see uh, just young adults, college age students making poor decisions uh, late late at night or really early in the morning, however you want to view it. And it's all indicative of a culture that does not value life. That we see a world where life is expendable. It's cheap, whether drugs, drug-related activities, abortion, um, the, the, the unnecessary killing of masses of unborn babies. Uh, we see this with in, in the West with Canada's MAID program. It just leads to a world of senseless violence. But here's why. Uh, it's senseless violence because we're lived li- we, we're full of, uh, we, we have a life with no purpose. So if you're living life with no purpose, there's going to be a lot of senseless death because there's a lot of senseless living. Um, I'm sure that could, I could turn that into some sort of quote, bumper sticker, whatever it might be. There's a lot of senseless death because there's a lot of senseless living. You will not know why you are alive without God because God's the one that gives us purpose. God gives us direction. So in a godless society, living doesn't make sense. And when living doesn't make sense, killing doesn't make sense because it all doesn't matter. It all doesn't matter. Uh, we're taught uh, just uh, some of those things in school, and that's what we hear in, in our colleges. That's how we're treated. Uh, we, a lot of dysfunctional, broken families. And those are kind of the, uh, the morals and the values we grow up with, that uh, you just live for pleasure if you have any reason at all to live. And then dying is dying becomes cheap because living's cheap. And uh, yeah, like I said, I probably could develop some quotes from that. But what else does the article say? And so there's some people pushing back about this. Uh, there, there's some people that are like, okay, um, this isn't right. And so that's good. We want those movements to grow. You also be praying, um, be praying. But this is where the church comes in. The church comes in because we have to offer an alternative. When people living cheap, senseless lives and they're dying cheap, senseless deaths, if they look into the church and we're just squabbling, backbiting, we're just as empty as anyone else, we're not worshiping Jesus, we're just following rules, or maybe we're just, we become some glorified country club where we just hang out with our buds. They're not going to want anything. They're going to be like, okay, you say that, that I should believe in Jesus, I should believe in the gospel, but I see the life that you're living. And it's not really that much different than the life I'm living. Well, what will attract them to the church? So we need to show people the love of Christ and the value of human life. Um, We want to show them that life is worth living and the beauty of relationships, uh, serving God, serving one another, serving those in the church, serving the community. And when they see Christians living a life of purpose, strong moral character, good work ethic, they balance, uh, we balance grace and truth. You need them both. If you're heavy on the truth, you'll take the Bible, you'll start swinging it. When you're heavy on the grace, well, it becomes really cheap grace, and, and God doesn't ask anything of us. We're just, it's, 
nice fluffy Santa Claus God um, just give you whatever you want and so then Christianity kind of loses all content there grace and truth you have to balance them both and so the world needs to see a church on fire with love for God and love for our neighbors because that's going to be a purpose that's going to be uh, something that's filled with purpose driven uh, a place that I want to be I want to be a part of that group. I see the way y'all treat each other. Uh, I, I'd love to join. How, how do I do that? How do I join? Uh, how do I become a Christian? This Savior that y'all talk about, y'all worship, I, I want to know him. And that that's why this matters. So if we complain about Canada, and it's coming here in the U.S., believe me, uh, it's already in certain places. We complain about Canada, but then our culture in the church isn't any better well, nothing's going to change. Friends, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for the second hour. I'm Nate Williams. I am here, and we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. This is Jack Graham of PowerPoint Ministries, and you are listening to Priority Talk. Here we are, heading further into the second hour. We're on Mondays through Fridays from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. This is Priority Talk Radio. Make sure to follow us on social media at Priority Talk. So we have had a lot of good stuff on the show so far tonight. Uh, Greg Davis, Paul Brazier, and I, we talked about the Asbury Revival, and then we talked about just some comments that uh, Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates made, and maybe they weren't the wisest, but also maybe we're quick to rush to judgment why we shouldn't do that. We talked to uh, some about that situation, and uh, now in the second hour, uh, Greg Davis and Paul Brazier, they had to head out, so I'm covering the show in the second hour. In the second hour we're talking a little bit about morality and the slippery slope it's real whether or not we uh, want to admit it's real so for this next segment that'll take us to about 6 30 we're going to talk about another example of the slippery slope so when it comes to uh, transgender ideology we were told that you can be anything you want to be Man, woman, unicorn, fairy tale, attack, helicopter, whatever it is. And then uh, we're also told that, oh, you could pause puberty, you could uh, take certain drugs and uh, have surgeries and do certain things that will alter your body, and it'll all turn out okay. 
It'll all be all right. And then you learn that when you do certain things to the body, God made us a certain way. And uh, men and women are not just different, you know, God made them male and female. And we have different roles, different strengths, things that we're good at, you know. Men tend to generally be biologically stronger. Women tend to, uh, you know, just uh, if everything is working well in the body, women can have children. Men cannot. And uh, physically, men and women are different, uh, different in, in a lot of different ways, different spiritually as well. But we're told none of that matters. Or, again, this was uh, often from the very same people that claim to be very scientific. None of it matters. A you can change. You can switch without no repercussions. It's all okay. It's all good and healthy. And if you say anything against this, you're a transphobe. And then you had people who were more conservative. They're like, hold on. The body doesn't work like that. That uh, No, you can't do certain things that, that, that'll help you, uh, air quote, like switch over to the other gender and not expect there to be uh, results, consequences of that. Things will happen. Again, you can't actually switch, but maybe you can uh, ch change your appearance. Uh, and there's this article from the Daily Wire by Christina Buttons that says, Transgender patients on hormones had seven times the risk of stroke, six times the risk of heart attack, according to a new study. Transgender patients who undergo hormone therapy have a significantly increased risk of serious health problems, such as stroke, heart attack, and pulmonary embolism, according to a new study. And again, it gets into medical language that uh, I'm not going to fully understand myself. And so that's where if you are medically trained out there, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Make sure to text the letters PTR to 202-249-5592. And when, after you text those letters PTR to that number, if you're able to do so, if you're driving, don't do it. Don't touch the phone. Don't you dare. But when you're safe to do this and you text that those letters to that number, 202-249-5592, you'll then join the text line. And from there, you can text us with comments, questions, whatever you'd like. And anyway, so so make sure if you are medically trained, I, I'm, I love some correction. I don't mind. I, I'm, I'll admit I'm wrong. It won't hurt my feelings. And so anyways, the article gets into some of that. But... Uh, let's see, what else does it say? Uh, in the study, the transgender patients who underwent hormone therapy had five times the increased risk of a pulmonary embolism, a blockage in one of the arteries in the lungs. This can lead to serious health complications, such as damage to the lungs and other organs, and even death. And it goes on to talk about more of those things. But remember, the body is completely malleable. You can be... Whatever you want to be, just if you feel it sincerely, authentically, genuinely, you can be what you want. Now, those dang conservatives, those people that warned about a slippery slope that said, if you do things, you will damage your body. These things are not healthy. Men cannot physically become women. Women cannot physically become men. Like, don't do this. This is going to damage children. This is going to damage people. We were told to shut up and we're being transphobic and how dare you and all this. And that's just 
not it's not right the slippery slope is real that when you take certain things you'll damage your body another article from the free press now i like the free press this uh, started by barry weiss barry i would say would be center left and so uh, politically and so i don't agree with a lot of what she says but i admire her for willing to have the conversation so if you check out the free press just know i'm not endorsing everything in it but that's kind of her news company and uh, it talks about this article by Jamie Reed. I thought I was saving trans kids. Now I'm blowing the whistle. I would encourage you all to read it. It gets a little graphic, so heads up on just certain certain medical things and stuff with the body. But it goes to uh, talk about this person named Jamie who was involved with clinics and transitions and taking kids in and helping them along. I say helping in air quotes them along this path of self-discovery. And uh, then she realizes like, uh oh, I am doing a lot of damage. And and she 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 then blows the whistle. That's the term. Like, hey, y'all, uh, the science behind transgender ideology that you can, um, you know, make changes and things help. Uh, you, you you can be helped in this way. And the studies that are supposedly cited, they're bankrupt. And so I'll read you a couple paragraphs from the article. I encourage you, if you're okay with these things and maybe some of the details, to go check it out. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is what she says. Many encounters with patients emphasized to me how little these young people understood. The, uh, so the people that are wanting to transition, how little these young people understood the profound impacts changing gender would have on their bodies and minds. But the center, the center that she worked at to kind of help with the transitions, downplayed the negative consequences and emphasized the need for transition. As the center's website said, and I believe this was the place she worked at, left untreated, gender dysphoria has any number of consequences from self-harm to suicide. But when you take away the gender dysphoria by allowing a child to be who he or she is, we're noticing that goes away. The studies we have shown these kids Kids, uh, the studies show these kids often wind up functioning psychosocially as well or better than their peers. Now, that's a claim. The studies show that, that go along with this transition or it'll help you feel better. But then she says, uh, so end quote from the, the center that she worked at, uh, there are no reliable studies showing this. Indeed, the experiences of many of the center's patients prove how false these assertions are. And so uh, she goes on to talk about how uh, about uh, D sisters or and D transitioners, those who refuse to continue with the transition or those who went through with the transition and then are, want to transition back, uh, just their stories. And it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking to hear the stories of detransitioners, those who went through the surgeries and the hormone treatments, and they realized at the end of it, they had been lied to. They had been lied to. And then they want to go back and they understand you can't undo all of it, but maybe you can uh, recover some of the natural biological function of the body. And just how easily it was to do all of it, how people encourage them along. Hey, take this, do that. It'll all feel better. It'll all work out. And then at the end of it, they realize how little, uh, there's so little oversight. 
there's so little uh, regulations with it. Do you, they just push you along, and then at the end of it, uh, your body has been destroyed. Um, and so the slippery slope that we talked about, it's real. It's real. It, a transgender ideology is not a harmless way of thinking that, oh, you can be whatever you want. That's for children. No, you can't be everything you want. I'm sorry. Now, when you're a child, use your imagination. You want to be an NBA player? Go for it. You want to be a mermaid? Knock yourself out. Have fun. But when you grow up, all of that, you can be whoever you want to be, is a lie because you have your genetics. Y'all, I am not NBA quality. I wanted to be when I was a kid. You know, Andrew's over there laughing at me in, in the studio. I want to be NBA quality. I want to be six foot six. I want to be able to jump out of the gym. I want to be super quick, fast, strong. And it just didn't work out. I could not be whatever I wanted to be because my genetics limited me. We have different talents and skills and giftings. And it's just growing up. And uh, But anyways, uh, hopefully this movement is it's coming to a head, I hope. Uh, let's see. Just last year, this is again from the article, England announced that it would close uh, the, I might be mispronouncing this, the Tavistock's Youth Gender Clinic, then the uh, only such clinic in the country, after an investigation revealed shoddy practices and poor patient treatment. Sweden and Finland, too, have investigated pediatric transition and greatly curbed the practice, finding there is insufficient evidence of help and danger of great harm. So maybe the West is waking up a little bit to transgender ideology that no this is destructive period but particularly for our kids now some there is a point in me i don't know how libertarian i am like if you're an adult and you have the money uh, legally what you should be allowed to do or not do there's a part of me that says it's your money but when i when it comes to kids oh no uh you don't don't touch them it's abuse, and, and we should be all over that to shut it down. And when we t uh, come back on the other side of the break, on the other side of 630, we have more to talk about, such as uh, just how it's uh, some other things happening here in the U.S. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like...
This is Priority Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Now, Greg is out for the second hour tonight. I'm your host, Nate Williams, and we're going to continue on with our conversation. Make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. A lot of good information on that. Make sure to follow us on social media at Priority Talk. Now, what's the church's response? How, what, what's been the church's response? So this last half hour, roughly during the second hour, so from 6 to 6.30, we've talked about just a little bit of that slippery slope and why it's real and why we shouldn't dismiss it. When people warn us, when you do certain things, it's going to have certain consequences and we dismiss it. Oh, yeah, you're being so dumb. And then I demonstrated how the slippery slope is real, depending on the issue. What's been the church's response? Well, there's this article from the Gospel Coalition by Trevin Wax that says, who are the real schismatics? A look at the Church of England. Now, basically, what happened in the Church of England, uh, I'll, I'll read from the article and we'll talk about it. The Global South Fellowship of Anglican Churches announced they no longer recognize the authority of the Archbishop of Canterbury as first among equals. What's more, they say that in adopting innovation in the liturgies of the church and her pastoral practice in order to bless same-sex sexu uh, same sexual relationships, the Church of England has departed from the historic faith passed down from the apostles and has thus disqualified herself from leading the Anglican communion. Uh, in choosing to move closer to the wishes of politicians and revisionist church leaders in the United Kingdom, the Church of England has signaled that her desire to stay as a wife to the state is greater than her desire to remain a mother to the worldwide Anglican communion. Perhaps the fear of disestablishment and divorce from the state is greater than the fear of losing the kids. But here's what's strange. If you read the headlines or peruse uh, the news articles, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, or listen to the Church of England leaders who have promoted revisionist teaching, you get the impression that it's those pesky, stubborn African bishops who have chosen schism rather than unity. Everyone else just wants peace to walk together in love. It's the global South that refuses to just agree to disagree and maintain the bond of unity. It's an unfortunate, sad really, this schismatic impulse of those who pull away. But this take is backward. Now I'm going to hop in now and talk about it y'all this is so true if you believe that marriage is between one man and one woman you're not the divisive one you're, you're not it's not you that's putting a line in the sand and why can't you go along to get along why can't you just be nice and be love no you're holding biblical teaching and the natural understanding of how just biology works one man and one woman for the production production of children for the stabilization of society you're not the schismatic and that's what you often hear from now this is the the church now we uh, last half hour from roughly 6 to 6 30 we talked about kind of politically the left and the right now we're i'm talking about for this next half hour the the church the left and the right the left side of christianity the right side of christianity moving to uh, uh religious type stuff the left will claim the liberal the progressive will claim that it's the conservative the evangelical the uh, it, it's it's us we are the schismatics we're the ones that we're the divisive ones we just like to argue and and, and pick fights and why can't you just be nice 
don't fall for it. It's not true. If you hold clear biblical teaching, clear orthodox tradition that's been held for thousands of years, and again, uh, even longer, considering in the Old Testament, not just back to Jesus, but factoring in the, the canon of the Old Testament, it's not you that's the one picking fights. It's the, the, the liberal and the progressive in, in the church. They're the ones that came along in the last five seconds, whether it's, uh, I, I joke about five seconds, whether it's 15 years, 300 years roughly, was when liberal uh, uh, Christianity really took off. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, 1700s. You get to Schleiermacher and some others. Anyways, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, let's see who else. Um, it was him and... Uh, some anyways whatever uh, we don't have to go down that history uh, but yeah 17 1800s was really when liberal christianity took off and uh, again they will claim that it's those who hold to traditional marriage that are the ones uh, picking fights no when you depart from the clear teaching of scripture you're the one that's being argumentative. And so what I love is that this is uh, this is points that out that it's the African bishops in the in the Church of uh, Church of England, the Anglican Church, it's those in the south, they're the ones that that are the the peacemakers. If you hold to what the Bible says, if you hold to tra tradition, orthodox tradition, you're the peacemaker in the church. People should be flocking to you for instruction because you're standing on solid ground. You're standing on scripture. It's when people depart to whatever is moral at the time. Uh, marriage is whatever you want it to be. We can become men. Uh, men can become women. Women can become men. Uh, you know, uh, abortions acceptable uh, up until birth. When you depart from what's clear in the Bible, you're the one at fault. You're the one at fault, but that's not how it's put. It's 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 us. We're the problems. Uh, we're the problem. And so I wanted to make sure to to just to talk about that a little bit. Don't let that happen to you. One thing we're really bad at doing, if you're more on the evangelical side of things, we're bad with language because we allow uh, uh, we allow ourselves to be pigeonholed. Um, if you're evangelical or evangelical adjacent in your belief, maybe more on the conservative side, uh, we're evangelical adjacent. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we're bad with with language. And, and what I mean by that is when someone says, oh, you're divisive, you're causing a division in the church. We're like, oh, man, that, that's a bummer. But I'm doing the right thing. I'm standing strong on the Bible. It's like, no, don't don't even accept the the premise so uh when you when you hear that oh, another thing is gender affirming oh uh you're not gender affirming you believe men are men and women are women you're not gender affirming we need to whatever people believe authentically about themselves is the truth you're being divisive no i'm not i'm the gender affirming one if you are a biological male you are a male if you are a biological female you are a female. I'm the one affirming your gender, not you. You're the one that says, oh, your, your biology doesn't matter. You can be whatever you want to be, depending on just how you feel. Again, what's the other one? Um, uh, open and accepting. Okay, that's another one. Open and accepting. You're not open and accepting. You hate 
people and you're just conservative and you're legalistic Bible thumper. No, I'm the open and accepting one as the evangelical that holds to scripture because under Christ, we accept everyone. We're all sinners. That's about as open as it gets. That's about as inclusive as it gets. Everyone's a sinner. And then guess what? Uh, everyone can be saved. Salvation is for everyone. Now, this is where, okay, this is where you get into Calvinism, predestination. What about limited atonement? And what about election? Okay, I don't want to go there. Okay, I don't want to go there. Um, I am not a Calvinist, uh, just uh, just to be honest. So uh, you, you kind of get a monkey wrench with some of those things if you go in that direction. But anyways, uh, Christians, evangelical Christians are the open and accepting ones because, again, we're all sinners. That's about as inclusive as it gets. We're also accepting of our need for a Savior. Jesus will accept anyone who repents and believes in him and trusts in him. Romans 10, it's a great chapter. Anyways, do y'all see what I'm saying though? But we give up the language so easily and we get pigeonholed. Oh, uh, like I said, open and accepting. No, it's the conservative that's open and accepting. Gender affirming. No, it's the conservative that's gender affirming. What's another one? Um, there are just some other buzzwords that makes uh, people that, that are more liberal, progressive, on the on the Christian scale, just seem more more loving, uh, a, a lifestyle affirming, lifestyle affirming is another one. Uh, just like, what does that even mean? That one I'm more okay with letting go. I don't have to be lifestyle affirming because we know some lifestyles are destructive. So that one, I, I'm, it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, open and accepting, gender affirming. Let's stop it. When people say you're being divisive. Because we're just taking the stance of the church that's been around for thousands of years. Uh, Orthodox Christianity has been around for much longer than liberal Christianity. Again, liberal Christianity uh, kind of really popped up in the 1700s, the 1800s. And so that's a newer phenomenon. LGB, et cetera, et cetera. Transgenderism, that's within the last five seconds. Uh, you know, wh whatever that might be. Uh, 10 years, 15 years, 50 years. Again, all modern. If you stand on scripture, scripture has been around for thousands of years if you stand on the church you know uh, jesus uh, inst jesus is the head of the church well okay again thousands of years we're not the one departing it's you so again just don't let the high ground go so easily don't accept labels if you don't have to just uh just be careful there a and we can partly come back with our response if we just grab a hold of the language that we use and we don't allow so ourselves to be pigeonholed quite so easily. But I want to hear your thoughts. Make sure to text in to 202-249-5592. Text the letters PTR to that number. Once you do, you'll be on our text line. And then after that, text us any comments, thoughts, questions. I want to hear them and we'll respond. Greg and I both, we both look at it. If you're just joining the show, Greg Davis, Paul Brazier and I were on for the first hour from five to six, talked about the Asbury revival. And then, uh, and then after that, talked a little bit about the new developments, Nate Oates, Brandon Miller, uh, the Miss Harris, the shooting of, of Harris and, and just some, some of the sad developments 
developments there. That was the first hour. And then the second hour, we've been talking culture and uh, most recently, the church. Make sure to check out our podcast if you miss any of this. Priority Talk Radio uh, is Priority Talk on Apple and Spotify. Y'all don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hi, this is Pastor James Ward, author of the book Zero Victim. You are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams, for the second hour tonight. I've been the host. In the first hour, we had Greg Davis, Paul Brazier, and myself, and we talked about a lot of good stuff. And and, and to close out the second hour, we often talk about, again, liberal theology, right? You have just different areas. You have progressive theology, which is pretty far to the left, You have liberal theology, which is in general left, and then on the right, you have roughly evangelical theology, and then you can head further right. Um, The the more, I guess, uh, yeah, conservative you get from there. But what is liberal theology? Like, we say the word liberal, and again, y'all, I'm not talking about who you vote for. We have to divorce politics from religion. So, uh, It's often the case that liberals in the church are liberals politically, but that's not like necessarily, that can be more of a byproduct or indirect. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case. So I just want to differentiate that there, that I'm talking liberal within the church. 
So what does it mean when we use that L word? This is from Kevin DeYoung, the Gospel Coalition, Seven Characteristics of Liberal Theology. It's tough. You don't want to, as he says in the article, pigeonhole any belief system, any way of viewing theology in the Bible, because any individual might believe various things within it. But basically, it came out of the 1700s, and it was a, an attempt, a Protestant attempt to reconfigure traditional Christian teaching in the light of modern knowledge and values. And uh, I'm not going to say it's all bad. Modernity is not bad. Science is not bad. There have been wonderful developments. But sometimes liberal theology took those, okay, what's going on in modern times, and then went a little uh, too far depending on the areas. Um, and so, number one, the first characteristic of liberal theology is that true religion is not based on external authority. So one thing as an evangelical or evangelical adjacent, like you're, you're right around there, is that you, you believe authority is external to yourself. I am not authoritative. My thoughts, my, my ability to reason, uh, my feelings, my experiences, they're valuable to be sure, but they're not authoritative. They're not authoritative. You know what is authoritative? God and scripture. And then right below scripture for most Protestants will be tradition, that, that we have been inherited a tradition handed down from us for thousands of years. And I think that's valuable uh, that we did not just wake up one day and then just start just doing stuff that that tradition matters, that, that, that you know, we have various things there that we can lean on various church fathers and church theologians and scholars. It doesn't mean they're always right. And I would not put tradition equal to scripture, so that might be more of a, a potentially a Catholic stance, but uh, tradition is valuable. Anyways, but, but liberal theology starts oftentimes with the individual. My thoughts, my feelings, my experiences, my religious, uh, I guess, yeah, my religious experiences, et cetera, et cetera. And so liberals start there and then move outward, whereas Protestants start with Scripture, again, sola scriptura, and, uh, and uh, you know, all, all that stuff. But anyways, uh, number two. Christianity is a movement of social reconstruction. And so what liberal theologians will do is often focus on things kind of big level, macro, the masses, systems and structures, reforming. That's why they'll talk about uh, things like oppression and injustice, because you can use those things in a personal way. I was personally oppressed. But oftentimes when you use the word oppression, you often use it with groups of people and liberals will start again with social reconstruction and again there's a fame a couple famous people uh walter uh oh goodness i forget his last name starts with an r but again just just stuff like that and whereas conservatives those who are more evangelical will start with the individual you need to repent of your sins you need to uh, turn to jesus and you need to develop a godly life and so it's often the individual outwards uh, liberals will tend to start with society stuff on the societal level number three Christianity must be credible and relevant. So liberals will take uh, developments in culture and science and oftentimes with arms. And some of this is good. I'm not going to bash every part of this, but sometimes 
when you welcome things in, your arms can be spread a little too wide, and then you welcome in doctrine and theology ideas that are harmful because sometimes the arms are too wide and you're not discerning you're not filtering through what what's coming towards you and uh, yeah so for instance if modern thought is one way the liberal tendency is to be like, okay how can i incorporate this into scripture evangelicals have the opposite problem oftentimes where uh, depending on how conservative you are the further right you go uh, the more will tend to just block any development in modernity any scientific development potentially any uh, any any thoughts ideas from culture nope it's all gone get rid of it no 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 not gonna listen we're, we're afraid we're fearful and so sometimes evangelicals can go too far the other direction and we close our ears and everything from culture is bad and get rid of all of it and i don't think that's necessary uh, let's see, uh, number four, truth can only be known through changing symbols and forms. Uh, number five, theological controversy is about language, not about truth. And you'll get to, to some of these things where it's, uh, uh, th this gets to kind of like the arguing and the debating that, oh, we're it's all just... Uh, we have to consider the way we feel uh, we need to be careful not to be too divisive over language uh, excuse me over truth because when you talk truth and doctrine that's divisive things like that uh, number six the historical accuracies of biblical facts and events are not crucial so long as we meet Jesus in the pages of scripture so for instance uh, the the liberal project has been to rid in general again i'm speaking big picture i'm not talking about any individual liberal but rid the bible of as much of the miraculous as possible as boltmon said uh, demythologize i think it was boltmon demythologize the bible get to the, the you know tear away get to the true core of religion and so miracles gotta go the historicity of the old testament gotta go did those things happen maybe but whatever it's besides the point who cares la 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 uh and, and so a lot of the bible has to go except for the one thing a a liberal christian uh, if they know their stuff they'll, they'll cling to the resurrection that the, the the resurrection had to be real they'll cling to that one but basically jesus's miracles did he actually calm the storm i was talking with a, a liberal christian the other day was jesus actually tempted in the wilderness or was it just some biblical the, the author was just trying to make some moral point you get into that hodgepodge of did it happen i don't know the only thing that matters is is jesus you know and they define jesus a certain way uh, the true religion number seven is the way of christ not any particular doctrines about christ and so again avoid doctrine if you can doctrine is divisive but they forget that when you say doctrine is divisive that's a doctrine in and of itself so it's kind of contradictory but again talk about jesus talk about jesus um the way of jesus the lifestyle let's live and love like jesus don't get caught up in doctrine and theology don't do that but they forget that when you view things that way one you cut out a lot of what jesus said uh you know go and sin no more well okay that's not very that's not very fun that's not fun jesus right there and other similar words but when you go that route of doctrine is divisive well, that, is that a doctrine? Because if so, you contradict yourself. Anyways, and so, y'all, I just, when, when I say liberal Christianity, liberal theology, those are just some markers. Uh, those are just some markers, things to uh, keep in mind if perhaps you have liberal Christian friends. Talk with them and... Um, 
it's very interesting. Again, I'm evangelical, so I disagree with a lot of what I said, but I just thought it was something good to talk about. Friends, this has been a great show. If you missed any of it, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere. Check us out online, PriorityTalkRadio.com. As we head towards the 7 o'clock hour, y'all be safe out there if you're, if you're driving. You know, look both ways. It's not just when you're walking, when you're driving, y'all. I almost got into an accident earlier today because a semi didn't see me and uh, almost ran me off the road. So that was scary. So just be careful. Uh, Be a defensive driver, y'all. But anyways, friends, always be praying. Always be praying. Always be serving. Always be loving both God and your neighbor. And we will have another show tomorrow. Y'all be safe. I'm going